welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Sunday afternoon. Joining me from Chicago for the first time this regular season, our Chicago-based reporter, Jamal Collier. What's going on, Jamal? Good, man. The the vibes in uh, around the, the Bulls are not so good right now, but I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, how about the vibes around uh, the team? You know, you, you spend most of your time you know, driving back on I-94 between Chicago and Milwaukee. And we're going to talk about the Bulls and Bucks today. But how about, as long as we're talking about the Central Division, how about the Indiana Pacers, who, as we talk here, are nine and six. They play the Magic on Monday in Indy. I mean, maybe the Magic will surprise them, but they're banged up. They, you know, they could go to 10 and six on Monday. You might have to start going south. Uh, What is that? what highway is that down to Indy? 94. 94. Uh, uh, past the, uh, past the, all the um, windmills. I got a text, a similar text, uh, like that after the Bulls dropped their losing streak to four in a row. Um, you know, I've been bouncing around a little bit of Detroit this year. I was up in Minnesota. Um, so, hey, looks like you're neglecting. <laughs> you add another one to your list here that the Pacers all of a sudden are. Are relevant. You, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, Ben Matherin play. He he didn't play well the game he came came to Chicago. But you know, I'm a big fan of Halliburton, and I know Ben Matherin. They're excited about what they've seen for him so far. Well, all I'm saying is Pacers. I see you. More to come on the Pacers. We're gonna get some Pacers discussion in there. So, um, uh, but anyway, I do you want to talk about the Bulls? Um, you used to cover the Bulls for the Chicago Tribune before you came to ESPN. You know the Bulls well, uh, even though you covered the the Bucks, they won the title, and you know, you and I spent a lot of time in Milwaukee last year at the playoffs. Um, the The Bulls are going into to Monday's game against the uh, the Celtics, who are the hottest team in the NBA. I don't know what will happen in that game, but um, they're 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 taking it on the chin. They just had a real bad loss to the Magic at home. Jalen Suggs with a huge shot down the stretch. That was their fourth straight loss. I believe they've lost. What Jamal six out of seven, something yep. like that. So they're they're six and ten, and the headline is that um, Zach Levine was one of fourteen in the Orlando game and got benched down the stretch. And um, by the way, he got benched, and then the Bulls took the lead, right? <laughs> Uh, Even before that, I mean, he came out with about six minutes to go in the third quarter and didn't get back on the floor into, I think there's probably about the eight-minute mark in the fourth quarter from third to the – so, I mean, he pretty much sits virtually all the second half as Javante Green comes off the bench and plays 18 straight minutes. I think he was a plus 20 <laughs> basically in the swap there. So that's that's a pretty big difference right there. So, yeah, so after the game, Zach Levine um, – says that Billy Donovan has to lay with that. <laughs> Basically sleep on that one, coach. Um, so anyway, that you were at practice today, I assume, with, with Zach. And Zach kind of walked it back, but also not really. How would you, before we get into this, let's just cover the Zach Levine, Billy Donovan situation right off the bat here. Yeah. I kind of get, I get both sides. I mean, Zach this is easily the worst. I've probably been around him now for parts of, I guess, three or four seasons here. Uh, you kind of put the truncated ones in. It's the worst I've seen him play. 
And, you know, Zach is never going to wow you on the defensive end, but sort of a lot of just appeared to be missed rotations and missed uh, assignments on that end. And then not only just missing shots and some, he, he missed a couple of layups that he usually converts a couple of wide open three pointers that uh, jump shots that it just shots that you see him make. Uh, and he also kind of just seemed to be taking that next shot to try to get himself back in the rhythm. And the Bulls would start to make a run or look like they start to put something together. And then it kind of would just have a, a shot from Zach that is early in the shot clock or whatever. And I think it, it I was surprised at the time to see him come out of the game and not come back into the game. Um, but listen, I mean, it, it was the right move. If Nikola Vucevic, who's a 90% three-point shooter or free, free throw shooter, knocks down his two free throws at the end of that game, they, they probably you know, they should win it. Yes, let's not take away that. I mean... Vucevic misses the two free throws and then Suggs throws in an incredible shot. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like it was just Zach who was wearing the horns on that. Yeah. But the, you know, it was just kind of one of those where it was an odd night. He doesn't play well. And, you know, Billy goes to bench him. And I think the Zach's point, which I do agree with is I've, and I think he made it, you're right. He sort of walked it back today in practice, but not really. His point was I've earned the, I've earned the chance to shoot myself out of it or to play myself out of it when I'm having a bad game. And, you know, you've seen kind of from volume scores and guys like with that mentality, they're saying the next one's going in and then I'm going to pour 10 points in two minutes or whatever it is. And we can win a game that way. And I think to Billy, to Donovan's point, again, the, the guys who were on the floor who were defending, who were um, sort of DeMar obviously sort of caught fire in the second half as well. You know, he was trying to win that game. And I think uh, on one hand, it, it to today at practice, everybody was sort of, uh, while still standing on their same position, I think that both sides were happy to have a disagreement or, or sort of this is a natural thing between coach and player that do have communicate, that talk to each other, that seem to have had a good relationship, I would say, before this. Um, I know Billy's been out to L.A. to visit Zach a few times during the offseason. Um, you know, not necessarily this offseason because Zach had the knee surgery and then had a, a kid. But in the last year, when after uh, DeMar and, and those guys signed, Billy was one of the first guys out there in L.A. working with him. So I do buy that those guys have a good relationship and I buy that there's good communication, that these, those guys would have a dialogue about it and not be afraid to sort of stand their ground. Um, I, I was surprised that Billy did it. And I think it's the kind of move that you have to know that your star is going to react well to it and uh those comments friday night you know after the game from zach and there was definitely some frustration in there but it was it was it was certainly not the reaction you you would have uh you would have wanted for a guy who you kind of needs to help carry you through the rest of the way so he got benched a few years ago by jim boylan right yep. um in that game he pulled him out in like the first half didn't he yeah i think it was the first, <laughs> the first quarter <laughs> okay. It was very, very early. Let's see how many. Years and, and, and there was some of this same vibes at that time. And didn't he come out and like respond like in an incredible way after that? So the next night, uh, there's a back to back actually. I mean, it was the first half he did. It was, he did uh, make it past that, but he, his 13 threes, <laughs> you know, yeah. the next night uh, and 49 points against Charlotte, you know, just one of his sort of career best nights. And I think that, um, you know, that's, but that's Zach, you know, Zach is, is sort of a very competitive uh, 
player and he is the, uh, you know again sort of the epitome of that scorer who just thinks that his next shot his next basket his next whatever is going to go in and I, I think that he's never going to shy away from taking that next shot or, or wanting the ball the next time so you know I think being challenged you know uh is a good thing for him and especially I think just in in the, the kind of game and really the kind of stretch that the team has been having um we saw it even before the game I mean Billy is kind of just trying to start pushing some buttons here to see how he can get really his main guys, Zach, Damar, and Nikola Vujovic to play better um, and to sort of work more cohesively, I think, together. Uh, and I think that he sort of hit, really started hinting at it before the game and really kind of the first time he's called those guys out or at least sort of uh, started to sort of lay some of the onus to pull this team out of their slow stars or out of the rut that they've been on to put it on really his all-star shoulder. And I think uh, you know, at, at least having your coach hold your star accountable in a game, um, I don't think on itself can be a, is a bad thing as long as you know the guy is going to respond well. And I think that that's kind of what I'll be watching here of these next stretch of games is like how does Zach respond? Because um, he's also just based off his knee injury been having kind of a not this usual season that we we see from him. Uh, yeah. So before I talk about years. the Bulls in general, which they're six and ten. Yeah. Uh, we talked before the season. Uh, we saw some markers about this team we were worried about. Um, but um, Zach Levine, uh, he was two years ago the uh, the the truncated season, um, not the bubble season. The year after that, he was awesome. He had far and away his best year. He looked great. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him in Tokyo that summer, Vegas and Tokyo. I thought he was Team USA's third best player. Durant, um, Tatum, Zach, maybe not every night, but like he was really good. Uh, like definitely taking a step up in his game. Um, and then he has last year where he's killing, right? The first half of the yeah. year makes the all-star game for the first time. Um, and then was second time. Second straight time. Yeah. Second straight time. Right. The year before was a big time. Makes the all-star team again. And then the knee starts bothering him. The same knee he had the surgery on when he tore his uh, ACL, when he was, um, uh, was he in Minnesota? He was in Minnesota when he first had that injury, I think. So, um, and he basically limped through the second half of the season. And the understanding that kind of was out there was like the Bulls were going to take care of him on him when he became a free agent. They were not going to hold against him the way he played as long as he was going to be able to play through to try to help them. Because you remember the Bulls were like first or second, like, you know, a year ago at this time, they were like in, in first or second place. They were tremendous. And like when he started slowing down, they still had aspirations of having a, a big time season last year. And they end up limping into the playoffs with Zach. Um, they faded down the stretch. He has the surgery uh, to clean up the knee in the offseason, which they build as just a scope, right, Jamal? Like, no big deal, right? Which yep. I always say there's no such thing as a minor knee surgery. But, you know, look, it's not my knee. What do I know? Um, and the Bulls, very happily on July 1st, well, July 1st or July 2nd, four, uh, four years or five, four years or five, whatever it was, two, five, five years, yeah. five years, 215 million full max contract form. And it was like, okay, well, like, wow, like biggest contract <laughs> in Bulls history, like, man. 
And he comes into this season and it's like, actually, his knee still bothering him. And now what did Billy Donovan say about him just a couple of days ago? Like, well, you can obviously see his explosion's not there. <laughs> I mean, he admitted um, it even to, uh, today at practice that like there's some he's trying to get his lift back uh, at the rim. He's really trying to I mean, there's just some missed layups and missed bunnies at the rim that like, I mean, this guy was the best dunker in the league a few years ago. You oh do not God. see Zach Levine missing us. Oh, my God. I mean, like, you know, slam dunk contest, electrifying. Um, post ACL, post ACL. Yeah. Um, I'm like, look, like I'm not the guy had knee surgery. I, I mean, I'm not surprised he's going to be back, but like the Bulls hand out that max and they were like, everything's a okay. And Zach was like, everything's a okay. And that just, you know, just sometimes teams are backed into the corner on things like, you know, Ben Simmons. Uh, the story on Ben Simmons is that. He gets traded to Philly or to, to Brooklyn. Everything's fine with the physical. And when he ramped back up, because he hadn't been playing, that's when he suffered the back injury that ended up needing surgery. Okay, I, I guess um, that's, their, that's their story. They're sticking to it. Like, okay. It, it's like, wow, you know, you traded for a guy who, has, who needed back surgery. Like, what? And then, yeah. you know, like last year, Michael Porter Jr., I've talked about this. The guy could barely jump in the preseason. I was, I watched him play and they hand him out a, you know, a, 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 a full max with no, with no protection on the back. I mean, very light protection on the end of the contract. So it's not like the Bulls are alone in doing this, but like they now have a $250 million player who isn't looking the same. And we know that year five of that contract, you already know that year five, it might be past his prime. OK, when you sign a five year, you know, a guy in his you know, mid to late 20s to a five year contract, you know that, you know, you hope that that's not true. But, you know, that that fifth year when that money is way up there, you're like, wow, man, I don't know about that, but we'll worry about that at that time. You're still hoping to get his best basketball in the first few years here. So his reduction in production, while also being a two hundred fifteen million dollar man, I mean, before the Bulls didn't even sign him. He got signed by the Kings. They matched the offer sheet. And he was like sort of get back at the organization time. And frankly, the last couple of years, Zach Levine was on one of the best contracts in the league, right? Two years ago when he's averaging 27 points, um, he's making like, I think less than $20 million. And it's like, yeah. wow, what a great contract. So even though he's the same player, he now walks around with 215 over the top of his head. And, you know, I, you know, I think that that is, it, 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 it affects the way the Bulls fan base looks at him, I'm sure. And so, um, you know, Billy just talked about it. Billy just said he's not, he's not been the same. And that's, you know, among other things the Bulls have going on, which we'll talk about here, is that's right up there, Jamal. And I think that you kind of hit it on the point is that this is supposed to be, you know, last year and they, they got off to the great start where in first place so long. But these are supposed to be the, the, the good times, right? Like you push in all your chips, not just on Zach, but sort of the, to build this team. You trade away a lot of your draft picks. Um, you just kind of thought you're going to have a longer window here. And I think that uh, with a lot of Bulls fans and what kind of, I think gives a lot of people in Chicago, at least, uh, you know, the bad vibes and bad feelings about this team is that it kind of feels like, do we already see the peak here? And, you know, again, we can kind of get into it for the other, uh, you know, the rest of the team here, but they're not playing well. Um, the Lonzo updates have been sort of few and far between and, and not well, super encouraging. 
we'll talk about that even next. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, next. Go ahead. But the you know, but really, I, I have some confidence that Zach. I mean, he's a, he's right around like twenty one points a game and uh, shooting yeah, numbers are down terrible. across the board. It, no, he's not playing it, it, terrible, it is, but he's not playing great. His numbers and his shooting numbers are down across the board. He's taking a lot more jump shots. He's finishing at the rim. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's not been very good at the rim. Um, places where he used to be automatic. And I think he's still figuring out how to play. You know, he was had to play on his knee. He wasn't playing back-to-back. He's still figuring out a couple of different things coming off the surgery. But, you know, Brian, as you said, I, I remember asking a question on media day, just asking sort of, you know, innocuously, like, well, you have to manage him coming off a second knee surgery. And uh, they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and so he, no, he's good to go. And now all of a sudden you fast forward a couple months later and there's so many like just little things that they just don't seem like they had the same player. And, um, you know, for this thing to work, the the Bulls have had for the, the, the team they built to work, a couple of different things had to keep happening, whether it be Zach playing to the peak level, continuing to get better in his prime. Um, they needed to sort of hit on on their draft picks and more specifically Patrick Williams. And they kind of needed some help. And really right now they're kind of just getting none of those things. Uh, across the board. It's time to knock that new business idea out of the park with Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Forget the off-season work. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand. Discover new customers and build the relationships that create those diehard fans. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow winning business. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. Even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is on your team every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world score their first sale with Shopify. And you can too. Shopify is the secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning idea to the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Try out Shopify for free today and start selling anywhere. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. Before we talk about the broader issues, you'd mentioned Lonzo. Uh, Billy gave a Lonzo update, such as it was a couple of days ago. What was that update? Uh, that he's doing more and more is what Billy said. Now, more doesn't include playing basketball. Uh, more doesn't include running. <laughs> more doesn't include jumping. <laughs> and any of the things you would sort of want your point guard to be doing that he's going to be playing basketball this season. Uh, but uh you know, they still, I think Billy sort of, you know, at the end of it, sort of like until he starts getting onto the court and doing some of the things that were causing him pain before, sort of hard to know for sure if he's going to be able to play or not. But 
Um, you know, we're now coming up on two months since the surgery happened at the end of September and, uh, uh, not a whole lot of progress as far as like moving toward getting on a basketball court for him. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. There's, there's no timeline whatsoever. Um, Nope. I mean, I'm not, nobody knows. So like, um, uh, maybe it's, but assuming he's going to be back this season is a, it's a big assumption. Yeah. I don't, don't, yeah. I, I mean, you can't say you can't because there's there's no timeline, but I mean, you can't feel good. But what it, what it's kind of says is that there's, there's no, no sort of saving, you know, I don't know, knight in shining armor coming to save the day or whatever it is for this team. Like this is kind of what they got. And if it was, you thought you could sort of have it as a holding pattern or, or just kind of get by and tread water until Lonzo rejoined you at some point. I think that as season, the days tick on, that's just becoming more and more unrealistic and they got to figure out how to make it work. Just to remind everybody, Lonzo hasn't played since January. So, I mean, like, he's going to be, he is going to have been out over a year. There's, there's, there's probably going to be players who have, who will have come back from ACL injuries. There's a couple of guys expected back from ACL injuries that happened around the time that Lonzo last played, who are going to come back before um, this year. Um, I hadn't thought about it like that until you just said that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's, you know, putting it that way is not hundred percent fair. He, he had complications coming out of the last surgery. It wasn't because of that yeah. injury. The point is like, this is now as bad in terms of recovery as you would have had from an ACL. And yeah. he's not running like, like, like Ricky Rubio who <laughs> I think tore his ACL last January. He's like almost back. Joe Ingles who tore his ACL. Yeah. I also think it was about January, January or February. Yeah. He's, you know, they're hoping to have him back in, in January. He's like running. So like guys who tore their ACL are ahead of Lonzo about the same time he, he went down, you know, first went down with this injury. So um, it's just, it's, it's disheartening. And the thing about the bulls is their defense is actually performing. Not too bad. They're, they're 11th in defense. Yeah. It, it, they're 11th in, you know, because what happened last year is once Lonzo went down and, and then Alex Caruso went down. Um, they had this really good defense and it fell off the cliff when they had their two best perimeter defenders went down. And that was a big reason why their season kind of got derailed. Their defense fell apart. And basically it was like, can, can DeMar DeRozan carry them enough offensively to overcome their defense? What's happened this year is actually their defense has pr- performed better than expected. In fact, um, their defense was in the top like five or six until, until this losing streak. Like, you know, yeah. 10, 11 games in, they were they were performing as one of the elite defenses in the league. And it's still, again, top half. It's their offense, Jamal, that is bottom, I think, seven or eight. And, um, I mean, you can't deny that not having a real true point guard out there has to affect it. You know, they have other guys who handle the ball. Certainly, DeMar DeRozan is an offensive initiator. Um, he has been a um, offensive initiator for much of his career, particularly when he was in San Antonio. Um, you know, Io is getting better at that position. Um, but like, when you look at the Bulls, 
they are way down there in terms of their three-point uh, output. They're, you know, part of this because, you know, DeMar's not a three-point shooter, but I think they're like 29th in three-point attempts. And so it's very hard for them to be highly efficient when they just don't shoot the three. And they also don't have a point guard. Um, so, like, uh, what's what's dragging this team back is offensively, I feel yeah. like. And when you got Zach, DeMar, and Booch, you put those three together, that's you don't think offense is going to be your problem. And in the minutes they've guys have had to get their net rating and with those three players on the floor is minus 12.4. Oh my God. That's devastating. With the oh. three best players. I mean, it just is it. Oh, know, their bench units with Goran Dragic and Drummond and Zach Levine has been in part of those units for the most part, but that's, what's been keeping this team up, uh, holding them above water, even when they, kind of start off the season well but you know to just have that bad of a mark um and their oh offensive rating god, during that I'm, point I'm it's like you're still devastated off this number <laughs> oh my god we should open the, a podcast with that number i didn't know it the offensive rating oh. is like 104 which would still be a bottom five offensive if not one of the worst offenses in the league between those guys oh. and the thing is that they came into the season thinking about we got to fix our offense and, and DeMar they were so reliant on DeMar last year and he was awesome and he carried them for so long stretches uh, another kind of just you know fun fact is they were so good in the clutch last year DeMar remember had a few oh, game God. winners especially those, those back-to-back game winners uh, right around the new year uh, they're 0-7 in clutch situations this year and you know just sometimes it's kind of how the math works <laughs> in that is that like you all of a sudden not have DeMar be able to bail you out at the end. They, they, they came into sort of one that diversify their offense around to not sort of, uh, you know, rely so much on DeMar and, and try to get Vucevic involved. You know, Vuce had one of the worst seasons of his career. Vuce just had a down year, I should say, last year. Um, and like some of these things are better. You know, Vuce is playing better. It's sort of looked like he fits in more. You know, DeMar is still not scoring as many points, but still shooting at as one of the best shooting percentages of his career. He still is, is, you know, went off for 40 points the other night against Orlando. He still has sort of the, that scoring capability, but it's just kind of baffling to watch them start off every game and just not that starting lineup is just not been able, not been working and not been able to keep them into the game consistently enough. And, uh, Jamal, they're, told paying me to, them, they're paying the three of them 86 million. Minus 13 per 100. Oh, my God. Like, You just can't win if your three best players are going to oh, be that. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I knew that they were struggling to start games. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. again, the last game probably didn't help, but it, it is uh, – that's sort of the, the fundamental problem here is that they paired these three guys up, all have made all-star teams, recent all-star teams as well, and uh, – for whatever reason, and the point guard for sure makes a big, uh, you know, I think it's definitely a big factor in that. But those three guys together on the floor have just not been well, not giving news. you the results that you thought. Good news: their next two games <laughs> are against the um, are against the Celtics and Bucks. <laughs> you know, just because it's the NBA and because this podcast has a tendency of like you know being dead wrong by the time it publishes, they'll probably win them both. But okay. um, you know, I talked about this in the preseason. They knew Lonzo was not improving in the offseason. They knew he wasn't going to yeah. play. 
and they did not, in my opinion, adequately address the point guard situation. They signed Goran Dragic. Um, he's played well. He's, been, he's played fine. Um, he's played a little bit better than he played for Brooklyn last year. Um, well, yeah, you know, he was. He couldn't make – I mean, like, the Maverick – I mean, uh, McMahon was talking about how, like, you know, the Mavericks basically said, we'll sign you, but we won't play you. And that's why he didn't come and sign with Luca. Um, so he's been better than than that. I mean, with that as a standard, I mean, he shot – I'm just looking at his numbers. He played – actually, it's interesting. He played 16 games for the Nets last year after he um, his exile from, uh, from you know, being a, a Raptor, which he was for about 12 minutes. Um, he, sh- he played 16 games for the Nets. He's played 16 games for the Bulls. For the Nets, he shot uh, 38% and averaged seven points. Um, did average uh, five assists. For the Bulls, he's also played 16 games. He's shooting 45%, 44% on three, which is pretty good. They need it yeah. badly. And uh, he's averaging nine points and about four assists. So he's not playing bad, but like that's not, he's not a starter substitute. Well, the problem is that like, and, and I think they should start. I mean, Ayo Dusumo has been solid and, and at times been, it's he's been a really good draft pick for them. He's but he's, he's not, I mean, it's noticeably different when Goran comes in and it's just like a, you're just like a guy who's a veteran sort of controlling the floor and sort of able to set things up. And I know they're kind of worried about, you know, weary of his minutes getting up too high, but, uh, well, he wears, their best a, option there. he wears a knee brace. It's like from 1994. Huge. <laughs> um, it's huge. <laughs> I'd be worried about his minutes too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they've been getting up to these. I mean, I, you know, I think Billy, You've been curious of when he's going to start kind of pushing more buttons. And kind of, you know, first of all, they've got eleven guys in there. There's so many things <laughs> with this yeah. team. They got eleven guys in their rotation, which you know, I'll you know, right off jump is a red flag. No, of course. Um, and you know, Patrick is in this. Brady Williams been in the starting lineup, and then he kind of doesn't really play a whole lot in the second half. So before Javante Green played uh, those 18 straight minutes in that Magic game, you know, as they're trying to come back in that one. He didn't even play in the first half. And Javante has been one of the biggest that's, reasons. That, uh, that's what, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, I mean and, Javante <laughs> has outplayed Patrick Williams at times. Yes. Right? Like, um, um, you don't play. Well, that's like, you know, it's like, you know, Kobe White's been gone for like, uh, what did he miss like seven or eight games with an injury? Yeah. And he comes back, he's got to get jammed in there. I mean, they've been – you know, they've been looking to, to trade him. He's been involved in trade talks for a long time. They haven't found a yep. deal. But, you know, if you – I always talk about this conceit. If you brought a consultant in who didn't care, you know, about offending people or whatever, he would look at this and say, trade Kobe White for a point guard. That's what he'd say. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, they probably tried. Um, well, I say easier said than done because I think that their evaluation of Kobe and the league's evaluation of Kobe is obviously very different. Uh, but it just seems like that there is a, a consolidation to be made here. On the, on the again, you've got too many guys that you think you can play. You have a clear hole this position, and, and you're right. I've been right with you the whole way. If if you knew the Lonzo thing was not improving, and um, to sort of just kind of do not 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 adequately address that position. Uh, it's just kind of what's hurting them right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of little factors, but I think that this team was so good in that, that first taste that they had in the first half of last year. 
uh, that it, you know, again, the kind of disheartening thing is just like, man, that that might be, I think, you know, I already think people around here are sort of here are getting sick of hearing about being in first place in February. You don't get a trophy for that. You don't get a, <laughs> you know, they don't throw parades for it. But um, I think that there was a much more competitive version of this team that existed. And it, uh, you know, just is kind of unfortunate to, to watch right now where they are. And, you know, again, we're saying all this and no. Yeah, I was. We were concerned. We were concerned about them when we saw some teams around them, like the Hawks and yep. the and the Cavs, make improvements. The Pacers. I mean, I thought the Pacers. The Pacers were the the Laker trade away from the. Well, maybe they. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have been taking <laughs> because of how good their guys are playing. But like the, the Pacers were like the Lakers saying yes to the Westbrook trade away from being full tank, and now they're past them. Yeah. Uh, it may not stay that way, but the Pacers are nine and six. The Bulls are six and 10. It's not like it's neck and neck right now. Um, but that was even before I knew that, you know, Zach was going to play like this. And you know, DeMar's again, DeMar's not playing bad. He's just not playing as well as last year. So yeah. Where um, he was a top, what, 10 MVP candidate or whatever it is on the ballot. Like, well, um, without question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, to, to, uh, to be continued on the Bulls. Sure, it's fun to be down there around those teams right now. You have, uh, of course, making your uh, pilgrimages to Milwaukee. The Bucks are—they've lost three or four. We had the little ev- event with Giannis in Philly the other night. Now let's talk about the play of the week: the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Let me just say real quick, I, I wasn't there, but I talked to a lot of people who were. I don't know what Montrez Harrell was doing. I, I think I think out of all the things that happened, Montre, you know, if you don't know what happened there, Giannis has had two awful free throw shooting games in a row. He goes four fifteen at the line. Uh, three different times he missed two free throws. He went 0 of two at the line. It was like the Chick-fil-A owners in uh in general in Greater Philadelphia were like seeing their their profit margins explode because if you miss two, you get free nuggets or whatever. And like it was, it was happening left and right. And so Giannis wanted to shoot after the game and he was shooting. He was shooting free throws. The ladder was nowhere around. Then Montrez Hero came and took the ball and acted like it was like fourth grade or something. And Giannis left the court to go in and get another ball. And the workers were like, okay, he left. So 
we're going to get up there and start taking down the, the camera equipment because it was a national TV game and there's extra camera equipment on the basket standard stuff. Um, and Giannis came back out and whatever. I, to me, once he left the court, the people thought he, they didn't know he was coming back. So whatever. I just um, don't come out to the court after the game. <laughs> after when the game's over, the court is being used for other things. Your, your chant, you know, go somewhere else to shoot. Um, but beyond that, they're 11 and three and they've been racked with injuries. There's a few teams out in the league right now that are just racked with injuries. Philly is missing three of its four best players right now. Tobias Harris, Maxie and uh, Tyrese Maxie and, um, and James Harden. And they're going to have without be without Maxie and Harden for weeks. Um, um, Memphis, uh, they're playing today in Brooklyn, but they're missing their three best players today. And Desmond Bain's going to be out for weeks, and Jaw's going to be out for at least a week, if not longer. Uh, Cleveland's missing three or four guys, and the Bucks, um, they've got the 23rd offense in the league, uh, Jamal. But I'm not going to sit here and freak out about it because no Pat Connaughton, who's a vital uh, three point shooter for them, obviously, no Chris Middleton, who, um, is their second best player, one of their most important offensive players. And Drew, Drew Holiday has been in and out of the lineup. Who else am I forgetting that, that the Bucs have uh, been playing without? Grayson Allen's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Wes Matthews kind of had a, a few games in there. I mean, it just kind of like, you know, I was, I was curious if we we're going to see Marjan Bochamp, the rookie uh, from, uh, from uh, uh, G League Ignite. 2019 yeah. uh at all this season he started like the past four or five yeah he was he started he now. started the season in the g league and now all of a sudden <laughs> he was starting in november yeah. uh so they have just really been running out i mean Giannis has been there uh, and he even missed a game or two here and there but um you know Giannis has been there brooke has been there and then they kind of have just been patching up the the rest of the lineup from there so far what's the update on middleton um so still pretty vague uh you know the bucks sort of i think initially were thinking he was going to be back in sometime in this month in november uh you know he had this the season slowly he did uh the latest from bud uh on sunday was that he did practice um he did some stuff at practice uh as opposed to pat connington who did most things but not everything <laughs> <laughs> at practice <laughs> so you figure out <laughs> yeah exactly what 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 is what but uh they um you know the, i think that that they were hopeful they don't want to rush anybody uh you know yeah why would as they? far as the, yeah. at this and, and and they obviously are playing for the big picture but um you know i think uh i, I i'm surprised you know i'm surprised that middleton has not uh we haven't seen more progress from Middleton just yet. And I, and I, and I think it seems to be that they want to make sure he is hundred percent ready to go when he's on the floor. Yeah. I also believe, I don't want to go too much into it, but I believe Chris had a death in his family that might've set yeah. him back a little bit too. That he was away from the team for a little bit. Um, the thing Thank about you. the bucks. So the bucks, I, we talked about in the pod there, they've decided to, they're the number, they're the number one defense, by the way, they're 11 and four, not 11 and three. Um, they, uh, they're the number one defense in the league. And that's a jump from last year. And they've decided to um, defend the three-pointer more this year. They're giving up like nine or 10 fewer attempts per game on three. 
and that's a that's been a big thing for them. And Brooke Lopez has also been terrific this year uh, in a lot of different ways. You know, they played Cleveland last week and had a good win over Cleveland at home. And I think Lopez hit seven of his first eight three-pointers in that game and just eviscerated the Cavs' defensive strategy, which was to basically pack the paint on Giannis. And the ball kept going out to Brooke, and they couldn't get out to him, and he was just killing them, just killing them. They didn't have Jared Allen for that game, but even still. Um, but this is what's interesting about the, about the Bucks. So – to the thousandth percent, they're the thousandth, you know, whatever, tenths, hundredths, thousandths. Um, they are, as a team, they are shooting uh, 442 for the season, 44.2%. That's 28th in the league. No good. They are allowing 44.3% um, shooting. So basically, if you're going to go to a Bucks game, you're going to see 44% shooting, 44% from the Bucks. <laughs> And 44% from the competition. It's a lot of bad second, offense that, that I'm watching. That is Brian, second, <laughs> right. That, right. That is second best in the league. So, so they're, so they are, it's almost a perfect counterbalance. They are yeah. clanging shots like crazy and they are forcing opponents to clang shots like crazy. And they have, in my view, the guy who's been the best player in the league so far this year to tip that scale when it matters. Result is 11 and four. And probably should be even a little bit better than that since they've, um, you know, Giannis sat a couple of games for rest. But um, do you have any concern about this team? Yeah, it's just been hard to tell these this probably last week or two here just because, again, it's been such a patchwork rotation and lineup. Um, I think they only had, you know, I think maybe 11 guys even dressed the other night for that Cleveland game. But I've still been impressed with the way that they've been able to win despite that. Um, you know, you mentioned that Cleveland win. It was not only the way that they – Donovan Mitchell went off, went off for, I think, 16 in that first quarter. I think he had about eight the rest of the game, and they can just switch Javon Carter or – Javon Carter's uh, been great. You know, let me call up his numbers. Really, really good. And he is, like, just seems like the most annoying – I say it with all – with the most respect, most annoying player to play against because he's picking you up full court and he is in your jersey <laughs> the entire night. Uh, so he's been shooting pretty well, as, especially of late, with kind of a little bit more chances. But, like, you got to imagine if holiday. the Bulls – can you imagine if the Bulls had Javon Carter? Be nice. Like – he is a He's from Chicago. And, and, yeah, is that right? I didn't even know that. Um, high school here, yeah. Okay, I knew he. Um, I knew he went to. I went to. He went to college in West Virginia. I remember that. Yeah. Um, he is. He's such a like bulldog. He's so like, you know, confident and defiant too. You know, like uh, he's a real asset to have. And the Bucks they they picked him up last year. Um. I think. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was his first year. Um, he's he's sort of bounced around the league a little bit, but far and away having his best season. He's had a couple of just dynamite games, um, and yeah. uh, it's been really big for them. So I don't I don't have any con- any huge concerns with them just yet, um, other than sort of the at times the workload that Brook Lopez has had to carry. You know, he is. Uh, coming off of back surgery, I believe he's 35. Yeah. Uh, and he just is so key. I mean, you saw last year when he wasn't in there that their defense just dropped off from, you know, having a sort of pretty consistent first in the league to back down to about average. And uh, 
you know, they're asking him to do a whole lot and he's been doing a lot more on offense, especially lately. And he says he, he looks great, says he feels great right now. I don't think it's been a, a huge issue, but maybe just something I'm keeping an eye on that with the injuries, there's not been, and they don't have a very deep big man rotation in general. Um, not a whole lot of spots to sort of rest. Bro- yeah. Bro- Bobby Portis has been good too, right? Yeah. He's, he's playing well. But when you um, play Bobby, you know, we got you know, Giannis is going to play a whole lot of center uh, the whole season. So for sure. Giannis yeah. plays, every, plays every position. Um, so there, there has been some chatter out there about Grayson Allen being available. This is not breaking news. Um, there's been some connection to, to Jay Crowder. Um, you know, Jay Crowder uh, went to Marquette. Um, is the type of team that he'd uh, probably want to play for um, at this point in his career, you know, championship contender. Um, the thing about it is I don't think that the and, – and I don't think anything's close. Now, now that I've said that, there'll be a trade tomorrow. See what happens. Um, the problem is I don't think that the Suns want Grayson Allen. That's not a perfect swap for them. So there's been some attempts to bring in a third team. And I always say a three-team trade is a no-team trade. Um, obviously, they happen. They happen every year. But trust me, a huge percentage of the three-team trades die because it's so very hard to satisfy all three parties. Um, it's a, it's one of the most frustrating things that the teams try to do is, you know, you have two teams that have players they want to trade, but it's not a perfect match. We'll find a third team. It sounds, it, I hear people talk about, and I, I'm guilty of it too, but I hear people talk about it like, oh, well, they're just gonna have to bring in a third team. It's like, oh, okay, that's no big deal. Just bring in the third team. No big deal. Yeah, happy um, to help you. Happy to help the monkey bugs get get better. Right. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it's possible at some point that they could do something like that. But really, more than anything, they just need to get their 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 guys healthy. And it sounds like they're not too too far away from that. But um, yeah, and, and that's the thing. Nobody's had an injury that you know that that has sort of an indefinite time on it that they think is going to keep them out for you know really real extended. Uh, period yet and when you've got Giannis playing as well as he has and, and when he's out there he still looks like the best player on the floor um I think that they will be able to sort of ride it out through this and as you mentioned I mean they're still the record's still pretty good so um yeah, it's still very good um I will say just because I brought up Jay Crowder Jay Crowder didn't have the greatest year last year I see people you know teams in various places saying oh man we got to get Jay Crowder that'd be great his value isn't sky high. Um, he was okay. He was, you know, he was on the, he was a starter on a team that had the best record, um, but he didn't play great in the playoffs and he didn't shoot the ball great overall. So, you know, that's also part of it. You know, Grayson Allen's a really good shooter. Um, the, yeah. the Bucks extended him for a reason. So they're not just throwing him, you know, throwing him out there for a team, for a guy they don't think will improve their team. So, um, all right. Well, thank you, Jamal. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by and checking in with us. Um, thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We're going to have our annual Friendsgiving episode coming out on Wednesday for your traveling uh, uh, enjoyment. I'm sure it will be a bleep show like it was last year. Um, thank you, Jackson, our producer. And uh, we'll talk to you later this week. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. 
One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.